Welcome to Vape Village, the podcast for the Victorian Association for the Teaching of English. My name is Ernest Price and I am the Education Officer at Vape. We're using this podcast feed to spark discussion and connection within our community. I'd like to acknowledge that my part of this discussion happened on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations and to pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Today, I'm sharing with you a conversation that I had with Pip Tinning from the New Zealand Association for the Teaching of English. Pip was generous enough to share her insights into what the experience of remote teaching has been like in New Zealand, what some of the takeaways from this time may be, as well as her reflections on what it's going to be like to return to the bricks and mortar classroom. Please enjoy the discussion. Hello, Vape Village, and welcome to another fabulous interview. Um, today, we've got a really special guest coming from across the water. I was going to say across the pond, but that's a very European, I don't know what that is. Um, so today, we've got Pip Tinning from the New Zealand Association for the Teaching of English. Um, she was one of the first people that we got in contact with um, when this entire episode in our lives started, um, and she was really kind to share with Kate Gillespie and I some of the reflections and I sat in on some excellent professional learning. Um, so we're really keen to have her today. So good morning, Pip, and thanks for joining us. Oh, kia ora, Ernest. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate that. Um, so tell us a little bit about what remote teaching has looked like for you and other members of, of your organisation. Oh, um, I think the biggest thing about it is uh, how steep a learning curve it's been for a lot of our teachers. Um, it's been quite Jarring, I think, is is probably a good word for it. Um, I, I think, in fairness, um, we've been quite lucky. The government's been really mostly quick to respond, and I know that's not the um, reality for all our teachers across um, Aotearoa. Uh, but, you know, we've got devices out to kids as quickly as possible. We've tried as hard as possible to get internet access, and for those that, that just hasn't been... A possibility there's been you know hard packed stuff going out so for teachers it's been um, really difficult um, but also I, I, I think we're all blown away by how quickly everyone just responded jumped on board sorted out PD I think we had PD up and running for free for any teacher who wanted it um, with limited numbers unfortunately uh, within a week Mm. Um, but then we made those recordings free as well. So it has been, it's been tough, um, but I just, you know, I think we have to be incredibly proud of how practitioners has, have just adapted so incredibly quickly. And I think, you know, it's a real testament to how much we should be trusting our teachers to just get on with it, eh? Absolutely. And I think, um, I mean, I've seen the same thing talking to our members all across Victoria. Um, it's been amazing. And I think we know that from working in schools. We know how adaptable and sort of resourceful teachers and other educators yeah. have to be. Um, I, you sort of touched right at the end on what my next question was going to be, which is uh, what you think some of the takeaways from this period? Because obviously we're, we're going to transition back into a sort of um, vaguely regular programming life, mm. and we'll get to that in a moment. But what do you think some of the things you might take away from this period are? 
Um, I think a lot of the discussion on different forums is how we can actually take some positives out of it and look at maybe some more flipped learning in our classrooms and how we can be possibly a bit more flexible with our programs, um, clearly flexible with our assessment. There's been a lot of different, um, even Facebook pages and different forums popping up to look at how we can um, move forward with that and one of the biggest things that I think came out, big things, was the inequities that are sitting in our society. And, you know, a lot of members got in contact with us to outline how concerned they were with how inequitable this was going to be for a lot of kids. And I think that's something that we really need to take out of it. How do we look at full access to education as, as a right rather than for certain privileges um, and I think that's something that well obviously I'm a little bit of a social well let's get into it um, but I think you know a lot of our teachers are sitting in that space and that is something I think we need to take out of it really carefully um, but you know even our practice what what have we taken what can we do differently that's going to be valuable for all of us um, you know, I think I've read different articles about kids with social anxiety that for some of them, actually, this has been, um, you know, a little bit groundbreaking for them. So, you know, we've got opportunities that we can take out of something that, let's face it, was a bit of a disaster in the grand scheme of things. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd love to be able to be fully positive about it, but we'll see. The cynic in me isn't entirely convinced. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. And I think one of the things I've been reflecting on a lot is that we're going to need to give ourselves space to sort of digest and reflect on some of these things as we go forward. Because I think, yeah. like you touched on, the same experience over here, that a lot of the things which have always existed in terms of um, the inequalities across mm. the education sector and society more broadly are just exposed um, in a much darker way. Um, with the virus but I do think as well a lot of the things that many practitioners have been pushing for for a long time like the flipped learning etc but that hasn't sort of got the traction I think um, you know we've shown that it can happen um, on a pretty broad scale now so I think that's it's got the potential to be revolutionary if we sort of you know yeah and, and you know and, and I think you know we've got to look at how I just I don't think I'm going to get over how quickly everyone just was like all right we don't have a lot of choice let's just jump into it and 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 they did it and I think you know we should be so incredibly proud of our of our teachers um you know I'm sure there's a lot of parents out there going oh <laughs> you people <laughs> um I mean and I look at my own kids at home working through that so my son's come back from uni he's remote learning my daughter's been you know, Zoom lessons every single day and looking at other people's practice, it's like, okay, I need to up my game for starters. <laughs> but, but it's just, it's amazing how well, you know, people have just flipped and adapted. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think one thing for me, I mean, we connected with you quite early um, in this process. And I think, you know, we're obviously a state-based organisation, um, but certainly it's brought down a lot of the barriers um, with other state and territory-based organisations here, as well as internationally. And I think that's mm. 
got the potential to be really positive as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got, um, I think it was about five or six scholarships to send to um, the Australian Association's conference because we've had to cancel ours, um, which is gutting. But it's also such a cool opportunity to have sort of those greater ties trans-Tasman, um, but also up and down the country. Um, I, I think that's something that I, I'd love to see NZATE for starters build on um, moving forward. Absolutely. And I think um, I've had a lot more contact with some of our rural and regional members um, you know, through the, the digital technology, which I must admit, I'm very sick of seeing my own face and hearing my own voice. But <laughs> nonetheless, it has meant that I've been able to make contact with some of yeah. those communities that I wouldn't necessarily be able to make contact with from regular programming. Mm. So my big question now, um, you're a little bit closer than we are to a return to the bricks and mortar classroom. Yeah. Um, what is that looking like for you? How are you feeling about it? What are some of the conversations that have been happening? Oh, um, personally, I'm freaking out slightly, um, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, and I think it's just because it's been so long before I, since I've actually, one, had to drive the 20 minutes, <laughs> half an hour to work, um, but I, I also, you know, they are big changes. We've had big changes going into digital distance learning, um, and it's just going to be another big change going back into the classroom. But I just, you know, I, I miss the banter with my colleagues. I miss the banter with our students. And I think everyone's, you know, like that. And I, I think the biggest, not necessarily challenge, but maybe um, the thing that we need to be incredibly mindful is, you know, our government spent a lot of time saying, be kind, be kind to each other. Um, but I think the first thing we're going to need to do when we go back uh, on Monday is is actually be kind to ourselves. This is going to be another big shift back into, into classrooms. You know, they're going to be set up with social distancing. Um, we're not to get into anyone's breath space, which I am perfectly okay with anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> workplace hugs is one of the things I'm positive about with this um, experience. <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? I mean, because, you know, after those big Christmas breaks and stuff, the first thing that we do is we go in and we, we hug our co-workers. I haven't seen you for a long time. How are you? Um, and that's going to be really weird. Um, you know, and asking kids to stay away from each other. We've asked teenagers to literally live their worst nightmare for for two months you know you cannot go and hang out with your friends you literally are not allowed to do that and just you know the trauma that those poor kids have gone through absolutely we'll have to deal with that um so I think you know the first couple of first week at least is going to be a lot of um, that sense of building those relationships and those bonds back up and, and the sense of trust back up because we've also had kids who we haven't seen for seven weeks. They have not engaged and that's going to be a toughie. And, you know, I guess often our first instinct is, where have you been? I, I think it would be really unfair to, to go on that attack um, and rebuild a love of going to school as well, because that's going to be quite huge for a lot of them. They, you know, we have students who have hated this digital learning platform. Um, we need to get them back into that sort of sense of 
normality, but but with that, you know, that monarchy, that that care and that real consideration for how they're feeling, but also how we're feeling. Absolutely. I think um, I was just listening to our um, national broadcaster this morning. They were talking about some of the domestic violence statistics uh, during this period, which have been absolutely horrific. Yeah. Knowing that, you know, those are going to be the experiences of some of our young people coming back into classrooms. And Uh, our teachers. Exactly. And so I think um, it's interesting that a lot of the conversation in Victoria has been about assessment um, because, particularly in our senior years, our assessment process is quite regimented. It's usually done under exam conditions. People are understandably very anxious about Mm. how to get that done. Um, And that is a completely understandable anxiety a lot of our members are feeling. Um, But then on the other hand, they've got this this question of, I guess, the trauma that the young people and themselves have been through and trying to juggle all those things is a lot. Um, And so I think what you're saying is absolutely correct, that it's going to there's going to need to be a lot of care and consideration going into the next little period. And and figuring out um, how we still get our kids over the line because, you know, we still have big old lines in the sand that we need to get them over. Um, But how do we do it? That means that we're not putting more pressure on them because, you know, the student voice from my school in particular. So, you know, we haven't got student voice from across the country. Um, but two-thirds, over two-thirds of our kids said we've either got too much or far too much work. Mm-hmm. Um, so we forget that they don't just come to English. They have literally five classes in a day where they've been given stuff to do. And so, you know, I warned mine. I said, you, you think this is bad? You wait till you get back. Um, because whilst you know we st- we've got things to do we've got assessments to do we've you know we've moved our exams back 10 days um but it's it's 10 days earnest <laughs> yep. um so yeah i think it's just going to be a big juggling act but but if this has taught us anything it's that we are pretty invincible um and and we take what's thrown at us and we make the most of it and and we just kick into it. And I just think, what an amazing learning curve. Absolutely. Um, It's really, really great to hear the experiences um, that you've had and your members have had. I think the overwhelming response from our membership when I've been doing these interviews has been, it's just so reassuring. Um, Mm. The other people voice their experiences and anxieties and concerns. So I think (laughs) that that is a very important part of sharing our practice Mm. is sharing. I guess that um, that sense of worry because ultimately we're all in it for the students. We want them to do the absolute best, and any manifestation of our anxieties is generally around, as you say, getting them across yeah. that line. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. We want to keep awesome. this relationship up and um, continue to build it. Um, I, I want to come and visit you one day. Um, oh, I'm in the Bay of Plenty. My school's five minutes walk from the beach. You come and see me, Ernest. Yeah, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> we're allowed it does seem very enticing that's for sure um, I'll have to put in a good word to kate um about we'll put together a program absolutely <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today um and i'm sure our members are going to be very excited to hear all of this news from you so thank you again cool thank you Ernest. Our thanks once again to Pip and our colleagues from NZATE. It's fantastic to hear their reflections on what this experience has been like. 
we're always looking for chances to build stronger connections with our colleagues globally. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe on your provider. And we'd love to hear some feedback from you, either via email to educationofficer at vate.org.au or through social media. I'd particularly love to hear from you if you have some ideas for a future episode of the podcast. In the meantime, thanks for listening and stay safe.